it's very empowering. It's very educational. It brings them to a whole nother level and it sets them up for the rest of their life to really get into a position where they feel like they are a part of society. Welcome to Parenting Special Needs Live. I'm Shante. And, you know, have you thought, have you ever thought about going skiing as a family? But you're a parent of a child who has differing abilities and you're kind of concerned and you don't want to take them skiing or you don't think that they can do it. But we're here to tell you that your child can learn um, and everyone can enjoy skiing. But how do you do it? Well, stay tuned because today we have asked Mark Dietz from Three Trackers of Ohio, one of the oldest adaptive ski programs in the United States, um, to come and talk to us today and tell us about how we can get the whole family on the slopes. Please help me in welcoming Mark to the show. Welcome, Mark. How are you? I'm very good. How are you today? Good. How did you get the name of Three Trackers or come up with it? Absolutely. So, you know, Three Trackers, the name comes from um, an adaptive skier leaving three tracks in the snow. Back in the 60s, the founder of our group, who was actually an Olympic skier with the Hungarian ski team, defected in 1948, came to the U.S., got into skiing, and then got in touch with a few people that wanted to teach a person with a, a missing leg how to ski. And he says, I think I can do this. And so he paired up another gentleman who they thought about equipment, how can we make this work? They put together uh, some forearm crutches with ski tips on the end of it, put one ski on the leg that remained and said, okay, let's teach how to ski. And as he went down the hill, he left three tracks in the snow. And so they thought, well, what a great name, Three Trackers of Ohio. Now we've evolved since the 60s and now we encompass a lot of other sports like adaptive kayaking, paddleboarding, cycling, uh, even water skiing. But one of the main core uh, sports that we do is the adaptive snow skiing because we've done that since the 60s and that's really our heritage. Yeah, no, I think that's really awesome. Um, so who, who does benefit from three trackers? I mean, actually I'm gonna ask this a little bit differently because in doing the research for this um, program or to talk to you, I was thinking about like, I was thinking of people that have maybe a limb or like you're saying, like don't have a leg or whatever, or that are in a wheelchair. I wasn't necessarily thinking about my own daughter and mm -hmm. I know I'm bringing it in personally, but like, but I think that's something for parents to be aware of. Like my daughter has autism, her, she has physical limitations with, um, uh, with stability or whatever. So I would never think of like taking her skiing, but talking and learning about you guys, I thought that is something I could do, correct? Absolutely. For everybody, um, right? That is correct. So I think that's what parents need to hear because that's, I mean, even myself, it was eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, three trackers, because we're doing adaptive sports, a lot of people think we're just focusing on an adaptive recreational activity and that's where it ends. But what we found over the years, and I've been doing this for over 30 years myself, is there's a tremendous carryover with the adaptive recreation and what it does for the person and the rest of their life. So oftentimes a lot of children will come in with disabilities and they can vary greatly from something very minor to something very major, missing limbs, total paralysis, visual impairment. Um, there's pretty much, and a lot of times the parents will tell me, little Johnny or little Sarah, what a difference they've made in school. They're socializing, they're showing their friends, hey, these are my ski lift tickets. Here's some pictures of me water skiing. Here's me doing this and that. 
And they've picked up not only in their social skills, but in their outlook in life thinking, I can do things. I'm not confined to a wheelchair. I'm not forced to sit inside of a house and stare at the window and look at my friends who are doing these activities because I can do them. And it kind of makes me laugh when I see people that are able-bodied and they'll tell me, well, I can't ski. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I thought, you know, I had a child out here that was missing a leg and they skied really well. So it's very empowering. It's very educational. It brings them to a whole nother level and it sets them up for the rest of their life to really get into a position where they feel like they are a part of society. So how do people find out like where, I mean, okay, you guys are in Ohio, but like, mm -hmm. so they call you. I mean, like, how would I find out if I was a parent wanting to book a ski trip? I mean, would I start with you or would I I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, if I didn't know about you, I wouldn't start with you. So um, that's one more reason for getting the word out, right, about your organization, right? But who would you call? Like, how would you ask about it? Well, it's a great question. And the beauty of this is when our program started back in the 60s, uh, Bert Fisher, along with his colleagues, said, this is a great program. We're going to form this chapter in Ohio. But what about other groups, other places around the country? And they started reaching out, making connections and found that there's a lot of groups, but there's not a lot of connection. So they formed a chapter called the Disabled Sportsmen's Association. And that has evolved and has moved into something now called Move United, which is a national chapter. Uh, they're located in Maryland, but what they do is they sort of encompass all the adaptive sports throughout the United States. So if somebody goes to Move United, you can easily Google search it, brings them right up. They'll have a search key and you can type in, I'm gonna to go to Florida. I'm gonna to go to California. I'm gonna to go to Iowa. It'll bring up all the specific groups in that state. It'll show the programs that they do, could be archery, could be water skiing, snow skiing, rock climbing. Whatever the program does, they show on their page. You can click on that, go to that individual group's information, contact them and say, hey, we're coming out. We want to go skiing. And we've had that from a family in uh, recently from Michigan that came to Ohio and they came here and they're like, hey, we want to go skiing. Can we go to your program? Absolutely. We got them all set up. I think it was like half a dozen people came out um, and we took them all skiing. So very accessible. It's a great networking tool and it gives families the ability to do things when they're out and about as a family and not feel like they're stuck with nothing to do. Right. No, I love it. No. Okay. So I'm curious, um, how did you get involved with three trackers? Well, you know, I was in my early twenties. I was a big skier, loved it. My brother got me involved in adaptive skiing. And it kind of started out with, I have this idea for you. I'm doing blah, blah, blah. And he was dating a physical therapist who got him involved. And he told me about taking people who are disabled snow skiing. And as a lot of people do, I, I kind of was waiting for a punchline thinking, well, this isn't real you're, are you kidding me? And then he started telling me about it. I thought, well, you're really serious. I went to the resort. I saw the other volunteers. I met with the students. I saw the equipment and I was blown away. And once I got involved with it, it changed my life. It not only got me going into an area of becoming now the president of our chapter, but I also went to college and studied in occupational therapy where I currently practice. Um, I started my own business, Innovative Builders, where we do home modifications for people with disabilities and we're a provider for Medicaid waiver, the DODD and the VA and so on and so forth. So my life right now is really in disabilities. 
um, almost all my friends are disabled. They all laugh at me because they say I'm just, you know, I'm a disabled person on his way, just haven't gotten there yet. Um, just waiting for me to catch up. But, you know, this entire program is all volunteer based. All of us do this because we enjoy it. No one is paid from our program. Other programs do have some paid staff, but it's minimal. Uh, but ours is all volunteer based. We survive solely off of donations from different sponsors and vendors. We will out of pocket purchase on equipment or get things donated to us. But all of our volunteers like myself, we love this. It's a passion. When we see the smiles, ear to ear grins on the children, the screaming and squeals as they're skiing down the hill. You know, I have taught children as young as five and as old as 95. Uh, I have seen so many things in my 34 years of teaching adaptive sports. It's just unbelievable. There was really no job I've ever had that's more rewarding than this. Oh, that's so awesome. That's wonderful. So it's three trackers in Ohio. And um, so I didn't quite get this clear. And I'm sure since it's a, is it a free program to families or is there some kind of a cost to? Our fees are very nominal. We have a $10 membership fee for the year just because it makes us an inclusive group, covers them under our insurance for liability. Um, Each of the programs, we do have to charge a small nominal fee Mm -hmm. because we have to try and cover the cost of our insurance. It's pretty high and repairing and placing equipment. So depending on the program, there's a small fee. For instance, snow skiing, $40. $40 gives them a three-hour lesson. That is their lift ticket and the adaptive equipment. I want to say that when I've gone to most ski resorts, I don't think I can get anything less than a couple hundred dollars to get an instructor, let alone the equipment and the lift ticket. So right. 40 yeah. bucks is pretty good. Yeah. Um, awesome. So we'll have some small fees like that just to try and cover some of our expenses. Doesn't cover all of them, but it gives a little bit to try and add into the pot to keep us going for another you know, 60, 70 years. Yeah, no. And so do you guys do big fundraisers or something? Like, how do you help? um, We try to do fundraising. We have different events. And during COVID, it did kind of put a kibosh on us a little bit. So we're trying to get back into that again. We're always searching out for individuals or companies that want to sponsor. Um, So if anybody knows of anything, please feel free to let us know because we do survive off of donations. Many of our disabled participants, their families, know people and they'll make donations. Um, a lot of times, even the family members themselves will get involved and they start teaching. They become one of our instructors. We have several instructors who have disabled children and they're here because their children started skiing with us 20 plus years ago. So, you know, this program really just draws people in and holds them because of how amazing it is. Yeah. Well, I can't, um, I'm, thrilled and thank you so much for sharing this with us because it also really opened my eyes because like I said I think um, as a parent more in protection mode like I got to go skiing at a friend's house um, I think two years ago and didn't even think that you know about maybe bringing my youngest daughter and now you guys have opened my eyes like why not let's make it a family experience you know I mean at least um, so anyways very exciting so thank you so much for sharing with us I appreciate it um, and people can find your particular site. Is there, uh, what's your, um, do you have a website? We do. Uh, our website is the number three and then trackers, T-R-A-C-K-E-R-S.org, threetrackers.org. It'll list our basic bio, upcoming events, how to get in touch with us. And if they see an event they want to attend, just click on the link, 
We'll have registration there, or they can contact us directly and ask questions. And of course, if they're going anywhere in the country, look up Move United, another fantastic resource to travel the country and try out a whole big host of adaptive events. You know, I realized too, I went on and on about different things, but I forgot to ask, is there special equipment someone should bring? Do they have to bring specific things to, um, to come to you? I mean, is that something that you guys will tell them in advance? So for our program, because we're doing adaptive sports, you know, we have adaptive kayaks, adaptive bicycles, adaptive snow skis. These devices are really expensive. Uh, for example, adaptive snow ski is about $4,000. We would never expect the family to go out and spend $4,000 just to see if little Johnny wants to ski. Right. So we have the equipment that's part of our overall fee and our fundraising that we have, about 20, 30 pieces of equipment in our possession for each of the different areas. So when the family comes out, we'll adapt that equipment to the person's needs, get them all set up. We'll demonstrate how it works. We'll explain it to them, go through all the safety things. And then we have fun. We teach them, we show them how to do it. The family gets involved. If the family wants to go out and buy their own equipment, we certainly have connections and resources to tell them, call this person. Here's a good place to go. You probably want to look at this, maybe not that. And then we can kind of steer them. Uh, but when they first come out to us, just clothing. If it's wintertime, dress appropriately, dress in layers, bring things out that you can take off or put on, depending on the temperatures. Um, but aside from that, we have all the real specialized gear ready to go. Right. That's what I meant. And so what about like specific gloves? Are there something that's that works better than I just remember when we had to go, we had to, we didn't know we were going to go skiing and like, we had to buy a lot of stuff on the fly, you know? So I can imagine like outfitting a little kid, you know, kids too. So are there special gloves or anything special we should go after? I mean, people should know about. Yeah. I mean, when they come out, I always tell people bring clothing that can be water resistant because in Ohio, it could be raining one minute, snowing the next and 85 degrees all in the same day. So a lot of water-resistant clothing, things that are warm. For gloves, mittens work best. Keeps your fingers together so your fingers can keep warm if they're all together. Um, <clears throat> for shoes, things that are going to hold up well against the temperatures and water, keep their feet all closed in, close off the ankles, things like that. Face coverings, really good for the cheeks and the ears. We do wear helmets. So the helmet does protect the head if they're wearing a, a really thick hat. Typically doesn't fit under the helmet, but the helmets are insulated, so they take care of most of the head coverage. Um, it's always better to bring more clothing and not need it than need it and not have it. Okay, no, that's great. Well, um, thank you. I'm sorry I went off track a little bit, but I'm very excited about this. I think it's awesome, and thank you for what you're doing and doing it for thirty some odd years, thirty three some odd years. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm excited to be able to share this with families and to think outside the box and try different experiences. So. Um, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing with us. And for all of those of you that are watching, thank you for being with us today. Um, it's hard work. Be good to you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.